You have entered the place of no return. This is our new Twilight Zone podcast. Welcome. My name is Jeff Jones. Jeff? <laughs> Jones? <laughs> He's starting already. He's starting already. My name is A- Ashley Moldenhauer. Uh, Andy didn't watch this episode. <laughs> you didn't, what, no, you I didn't watch this episode? Who's Jeff Jones? <laughs> oh, wait. Oh, Jeff was the bullet. <laughs> Jeff was everybody in this episode. Everybody was a Every Jeff. Every person oh, was, yeah. a Jeff dog was a Jeff. Well, here's the thing. I watched this episode like three weeks ago, and then that's I true, couldn't yeah. rewatch it, which I just told you about. Yeah, oh, that's yeah, fair. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. So, here we go. Nuts to me, McGillicuddy. <laughs> All right, Jeff Jones. I'm Jeff Moldenhauer. The Blue Scorpion, episode nine, season one of the new Twilight Zone. The emergence of the elusive Blue Scorpion leads anthropology professor Jeff Stork to his most personal research project yet. So what do you remember? Do we... Well, his, his, you just want to play... Uh, this is a classic what we remember. You want to be the announcer who just adds color? Blue. The co- Ooh, he <laughs> nailed it. Red. He nailed it. Orange. The color commentator. He just adds like funny quips and things that don't really necessarily uh, <laughs> help push anything forward. Yeah. That's what the color commentator's job is. Who's who is the color commentator? It depends on the uh, on the whatever the broadcast is. Is this like a sporting event? It's just any sporting event has a color okay. commentator. Yeah, yeah. There's like the main sports announcer. Give me like a classic thing that they would say. Jeff Gundy would say a lot of weird, dumb stuff in the NBA. There was a guy named. Get like, I mean, even Madden would be like a color commentator. Yeah, He'd just be like, "Whoa, look! That guy Whoa, got look hit by a freight action. train." I mean, the bucket. You know, that's how big it is. I mean, third year in the league, and then you ask questions like, "Is it married? Yeah, bucket's married." Bucket, you got a family bucket? Yep, yep, got a baby bucket. And then brought the ice because we're in California. Family. Heavy ice. See, the baby can't sit up there with the mom and dad, though. <laughs> and the other guy's, like, trying to call, like, set up plays and say yeah. what the referee's saying. And John Madden is just, like, So he's, like, the own, hype man. It's his personal opinion. Sort of. Or, like, Don Cherry on, like, Hockey Night in Canada where he's just, like, being outrageous. And the other guy's like, let's talk about the actual play. And he'll okay. just go off on a rant about Jesse something. Jesse Ventura or... to my gorilla monsoon. All right, let's do it. <laughs> well, I remember that the beginning of it was that he was kind of like going through a divorce or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or he's, he's, he's separated up with, his, with his wife. Yeah. yeah. They're on the outs. Right. Mm-hmm. It, but like it happens at the same moment that he finds out that his, his father just passed away. Shot himself. Like, yeah, so that's how the movie oh, episode right. starts is he finds his right. dad after his, his dad named Otis. Shot, shot himself. We established the bullet thing right away, where there's a shell casing from where his dad shot himself, and it says Otis right on there, and it fades away. And Jeff sees that? No. I don't think so. It's just no, the audience. Just the audience sees just sees that. And Chris O'Dowd plays the, our main lead yeah, character from no, the IT crowd. He was also in... Um, Bridesmaids. Bridesmaids is one of yeah. He's a, usually a funny boy. Yes. This is a more serious role with some comedic elements. I thought he did a good well, job. you could say that about every episode. Yeah, he was really he's good. had a relatively like comedian or someone who's usually in comedies as the main star kamal nanjiami seth rogan uh, uh whatever the guy in the second episode right yeah is. That, uh, adam, adam scott, scott. Adam they're scott, always like yeah. usually in comedy the only one that doesn't have is the mars one i guess <clears throat> yeah right right the, except and, and, and the point of origin doesn't replay really doesn't have, have that any. yeah mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so kind of 50 50 sure so um, this whole episode is about a specific gun. The Blue Scorpion. It's called the Blue Scorpion. From and Cuba. it has a Blue Scorpion mm-hmm. on it. Yeah. From Cuba? Mm-hmm. What's Cuba? 
it's like the the country of Cuba, but pronounced funny. Okay. <laughs> okay. And you thought you were talking about Gooding Jr. Yeah. I didn't know if you were talking about Cuba or Jamaica. Ooh, I want to take you to Jamaica, Bermuda, Bermuda, Bahama. That one's normal. Come on, pretty oh, mama. <laughs> Overall, this episode's really good. It's great. I thought this was fantastic. Yeah, this was it's, it it, a up. solid Twilight Zone episode. It's what every episode should be going forward yep. in this series. Mm-hmm. I would agree. The message is in the back, not in the forefront. Story is forward. Character is forward. There's less wasted scenes in this one. Yes. Less it's wasted concise. dialogue. It's everything short, felt sweet and to the point. Everything felt tense and important, even if it wasn't. Like every character served right a purpose there. for another character, mm-hmm. or represented something that they were thinking, which yeah. is just like classic storytelling. Yeah. Most of the episodes that we've come across too, it's either they clearly work out, they have a clear, succinct story, and you mm-hmm. can tell the meaning, or like the the message is like way too upfront and blatant, or the message is so in the back that you can't really totally understand it. It's like mm-hmm. they yeah. Episodes kind of fall in those three categories, it seems. Weird that this is the one I felt so strongly that it felt the most original Twilight Zone to me. And also, at the same time, for this, at least for this season, seemed like the episode that had the least amount of tie to any other episode. I did, like, as far as references go, or continuities, or like no Whipple stuff in this not at all that I could see. Nothing. Mm-hmm. Like... All the stuff that's been threads in, in every other episode, I did not get see any of it here except 10.15. That was the only thing, and it popped up like five times. So they mm-hmm. were like, all right, we got one. Let's do it a bunch. And that's it. Still don't really quite know what the 10.15 is. No, we don't know. It just serves a, a purpose, a placeholder for a lot of things in this. Mm-hmm. Maybe when they get to season 10, episode 15, we'll figure it out. There you go. <laughs> That'll be the ten fifteen episode. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's their sell for like every new season. They're like, no, 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 you have to renew us because if you we don't get to season through. ten, episode fifteen, you'll never know what we were doing. It's gonna tie the whole thing together. <laughs> we got a magic and or cursed object. Yes, it's like a sentient object. Yeah, that mm-hmm. happened all the time in old Twilight Zones. Oh yeah. Oh, that was one. I there was. There was like a, a like a devil bobblehead thing at one point. Yeah. that reminded me of the the jukebox or the fortune teller machine in. There's like there's that was one of the devil head next. That was one of the only other t- like references I could see in, in the background of the shooting gallery on the TV. They're playing the Twilight Zone episode that Andy hates that I love. A most unusual object. Oh, I didn't even notice that. It's in the background. That. What's that one? The one with the camera. The camera that can see to sees the future. We've talked about oh, it like right. seventeen times. Oh right, because the acting's so bad. That's why I didn't like it. <laughs> but it's uh, a cursed object. The lady is so annoying. She's got like this crazy New Jersey accent, and it's it's <laughs> terrible. And then she falls out a window for some reason, <laughs> accidentally. Because the camera. The saw camera it. did it. Oh, the, well, yeah, it, like snapped a photo, but. What, she go blind <laughs> and then fell out a window? <laughs> the camera predicted that. something ridiculous. If the like camera that, wills it, <laughs> it shall happen. And like that, if the gun wills it, it should happen. Yeah. Because, That's a good poll, though. I didn't think about that episode. Because, um, so we get Jeff inheriting the gun from his dead dad. Mm-hmm. The gun 
is super sweet. It's got like it's like gold with like a white handle with yeah, a blue scorpion on a, it. It's a Browning high power, and it's like crazy engraved all over like Mother of Pearl grips yeah. and like this sweet inlaid scorpion. In it's the like handle. a 1950s gangster Cuban gun. It's like if someone took the jacket from the movie Drive and made it a gun. <laughs> yeah, that's what this yes. was, and it was yeah. cool as hell. Should have been a shotgun <laughs> with a blue scorpion on there. Yeah, and it even has like an original owner, which the name gets mentioned but gets lost on me. Yeah comes back later that character and so i'm mentioning it now but the gun has rules like a gremlin yeah <laughs> it doesn't like to be left in the dark yep yes which i thought was actually a really fun <laughs> little bit because like after he learns out this rule like there's some cool lighting effects like when he he at one point hallucinates a, a dude in like his bedroom that like, yeah, that's, tells him that, about that's the, gun. the original owner of the gun shows up yeah and him. there's like a spotlight on the gun on the bed and i thought that was a really cool lighting bit and then like he keeps putting a flashlight into like all the stuff he's putting oh, yeah. the gun in so the gun's never in the dark mm-hmm. and he cares for the gun it's a really it, i thought it was a really cool visual style for uh, telling the audience when he has the gun and where he has the gun because you can see like the glow from the flashlight all the time of like they're they're together and so it was a neat way of make reminding everyone that the gun's right there this is like a pet almost it's yeah like a, it's kinda. like a a cat or a dog to mm-hmm. him in a way and he can't but, but also it has like feelings. that's that's what people especially on like the second amendment side like they really have that feeling for guns like yeah you, is... i mean you can get those kinds of attachments to any you see with especially mm-hmm. with like classic cars or mm-hmm. yeah gun collections things like that where you get those attachments and you personify an object which is what one of his students is talking to him about when she's like she's having a freak out because her thesis is like all about um she wants to change her thesis to talking about anamorphism well sure her thesis is about anamorphism but like the research is messing with her head and mm-hmm. now she's thinking everything in her house like every object is a thing like a, a an actual it creature and has a personality and traits and stuff he doesn't want to keep the shoes <laughs> apart from each other because yeah. they feel like they have emotional connection and there's a good little i thought her line when she's leaving she's like leaving his office and she goes uh thank you so much professor for letting me change my my thesis and my shoes thank you <laughs> I thought that was a really good little line just like but he didn't really care like his mind was on the gun no the and, and the time. lawyer well, she represents this is great storytelling yes a, a thing that he's thinking about yeah or like will come up later yeah and she kind of explains it's that a representation of something i equate it to like a sitcom where there's like the main characters the mom and the dad are like going through something so like a best friend neighbor comes over and like is going through a very similar situation mm-hmm. so the they have to like deal with their situation not realizing that it's a it's a mirror directly applies to theirs to to theirs and it's Mm -hmm. like this is this is how you write it no it was good let's tell some story here yeah do you know who wrote this episode and if they worked on any other previous episodes i didn't write that down okay okay but i'm guessing yeah it's this seems like a very i'm gonna use the word incestuous like yeah season where it's like the same producers cinematographers and they're constantly pairing uh, up different writer director combos and stuff it's not wildly different it has like some sort of like continuity between mm. like who's running every episode it seems yeah i guess we should say like so after his dad dies and stuff he gets the gun back from mm-hmm. the police basically well yeah, he goes to his uh well the well he does but the gun says something inside of it uh there's a little note that says i love him more than you oh yeah he said your dad left a note they thought it was like his suicide note mm-hmm and I was curious about that note. Like it, he comes up, like he yells it at his wife when he's leaving the lawyer office later. Yes, 
And but then he's like, he's, he's reminiscing about the note, and he's like, am I the him, or am I the you? Yes, and he asks that question, <laughs> like, he's trying to understand, and because that's when he really is thinking of the gun mm-hmm. as another person, basically. So he's like, was his dad talking to the gun? Was his dad talking about him, or? I don't know. No, that's left unclear. Yeah. He goes to his wife's house, and they're getting a divorce. We yep. get that oh, right. set up right away. She's leaving him for a guy named Jeff. Yep. The divorce lawyer is named Jeff. Yep. <laughs> Jeff's everywhere. When he, opens, he finds a bullet with the yes, name. He finds Jeff a bullet with the name Jeff on it, and so. he doesn't know. It's like, is this for me? Yeah. And so the audience knows. Oh shit! Like it was the name Otis, Otis was on the first one and disappeared, and now. It's true. And when he says like, oh, like, I got to get rid of this bullet. It has my name on it. No one else can see the name. Only he can see it. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, which I thought was good. I thought it'd be kind of goofy if it was actually like everyone can see the name on this bullet for some reason. I thought that was excellent. Like a good extra bit of like mythology adding to the gun yeah um because there's been times i know that where episodes in the season have teased a mythical element and then brought it back at the end or vice versa where it's like it goes gun way definitely far has powers. the way um so it works yeah. in mysterious ways mm-hmm. this was a very clearly straight up cursed object but he starts hearing like <laughs> the name jeff literally everywhere everywhere he goes. he's walking Everybody's, around every male is named jeff he's walking mm-hmm. to, to his class and like everyone's pass the ball jeff hey jeff you do the science project oh you're <laughs> such a jeff right now and there's a guy with a dog says come here jeff and the dog runs over the <laughs> dog's named jeff good morning jeff Yo, jeff what's up all good how about you jeff It would 100% maybe think of the the Simpsons with the the Bort license plate. (laughs) Who's named Bort? Come along, Bort. Uh, Sorry, were you talking to me? No, I was talking to my son. He is also named Bort. Personalized plates. Barclay, Barry, Bert, Bort. Oh, come on, Bort? Mommy, Bobby, buy me a license plate. No, come along, Bort. Are you talking to me? No, my son is also named Bort. <laughs> it also reminded me of like uh, being John Malkovich when John Malkovich yeah. goes inside <laughs> his own yeah. head and it's just like everyone's yeah. him. Yeah. Malkovich, Malkovich. Malkovich, Malkovich, Malkovich. Malkovich, Malkovich. Malkovich. I guess we assume that people are just named Jeff because like other people like reaffirm the fact that other people are named Jeff, the wife. Yeah, the only the, the uh, only thing in this I really and... I would have liked them to change is I was I kind of like the idea that him seeing all the Jeffs was part of this mania he was going through of, of, of like with the gun and this kind of weird mental break he experiences throughout the episode and like that he but but they like actually no everyone is genuinely named Jeff as far as he runs into them like I, it would have been cool I thought if like when he goes to the gun shop and, they, and he's like. Yeah, I just, it's like, I keep meeting people named Jeff. It's crazy. And the, the one lady's like, his name's Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it would have been funny if he was talking to this dude and then noticed his name tag just said Jeff. And then, like, later you find out his name's not even Jeff. Like, that was just, he's seeing everybody as yeah, Jeff. Yeah, not sure. But everyone could have been named Jeff, too. Nah, yeah, I think they were. Just, I think they genuinely <laughs> were. I don't think that was a thing. I just thought that would have been a cool element. You didn't really get that thing, though. Like, why was that happening? It was just like adding extra it was just adding strangeness mu- to his world. He was like, muddying he the waters about the bullet. Because mm-hmm. he, he is like, for, who's the who's, bullet for? Is this yeah, and that's the other interesting it's thing. It's mm-hmm. like, this bullet is predetermined to kill a Jeff. Because yes. he killed a Otis before. Mm-hmm. So it's like, 
this will happen, just who is it exactly? Yeah. It's meant for and one. And I have a theory that that changes. Mm. So let's talk a little bit more. The wife says he's, they're getting a divorce. There's a divorce lawyer. He gets the gun. He goes back. He immediately tries to sell the gun. Yes. He goes right. to gunseller.com. Something yeah. like very gun, generic. Gunsellerwarehouse.com. And the dude on the phone is... What's his name? Jeff. I, it's I, Jeff. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. His name is like... Of course it's it like is. Bob Jeff or something. <laughs> yeah. It's like a hilarious two first names kind of Bob name. Like his last Jeff name is Ryan. Jeff. Yeah. And he says the gun can go for like, we get a lot of exposition yeah. about the gun. The actor who on the phone was, uh, he's from 24. He's been acting for a long time. Oh, um, that's interesting. I recognized his voice like instantly because I watched too much 24, but um, I thought that was kind of funny. As soon as I heard that, I was like, I like, I like when they get like weird actors to do like <laughs> to do voices. off screen roles. Sure. Yeah. And he was going to get a pretty penny for that, that gun. 25 yeah. to 50,000. Well, and later he said there were like people were up to a hundred already mm-hmm. offering him for this gun yeah because it was connected to some kind of mob guy it was a cuban yeah. gun that only had like a couple owners because he reads him the serial number which is 10, 10 15, 15 something something dash 37 and the guy like instantly is like oh my gosh is there a blue scorpion on the handle and so it turns yeah that's where you get the lore and then like later he says there's only ever been like seven owners of this gun mm-hmm. and they've all met kind of mysterious fates and the gun just sort of turns up. Well, yeah, and Jeff also, like, insults the gun. He says, like, I gotta get rid of this stupid gun. Yeah. And the gun fires. fires. He's not even touching it. It's just <laughs> on the table and it just shoots. The yeah. gun knows. It was funny because I was... It's emotional. When he... Because he, he took the magazine out and set it on the table. Flying and I was like, handle. I was like, dude, you gotta clear that chamber. And then he didn't. And then the gun went off of the table. And the guy on the phone was like, did you not clear the chamber? And I was like, I was kind of chuckling. like, I don't know anything about guns. <laughs> oh, man. Any chance a blue scorpion on the handle? Yeah, there very much is. Scorpion was a myth. Dates back to 1952. It's from Cuba. Che Guevara was looking for that gun. It was made by this guy, Eulogio Cienfuegos. The legend is, you don't find it, it finds you. We can get you like 25 to 50,000 for the blue scorpion. Okay. I mean, whatever. I just want to get the bloody thing out of my life. So if you. Oh, shit! What? Yeah. I'm all right. I'm okay. I'm all right. Fuck. Jesus Christ. Was there a round in the chamber? I don't know. Okay. Send me all your information and a picture of the gun. I'll take care of everything. Once it's sold, if you don't have a license, you'll have to ship it by carrier. But if you do, don't forget to punch a small hole in the box so some light can get in. Legend is the blue scorpion's afraid of the dark. Where do I send my information? To me, Bob Jeff at thegunsuperstore.com, P.O. Box 5252, Earliesville, Virginia, 22901. Did you just say Jeff? Then, like, he starts to get attached to it. Yeah, suddenly he's, like, he, like, he has this Something weird hold on it. him. Yeah, and he's taking it everywhere with him. Which, again, with the flashlight, because the, gun, the gun's afraid of the dark, and he doesn't want the gun to be afraid. Right. And I remember he, he decides to take it to the firing range at one point. Yeah, he wants to get rid of the are. bullet. He wants to, yeah, shoot the bullet. Yeah. Um, but, and the, but that's a really fun scene. It is. They do a lot of, like, playing with sound with him putting the headless yep. earphones on and off, and him just, like, doing goofy trick shots. Yeah, this part reminded me of Taxi. Uh, taxi driver. driver? Yeah, a lot. Um, oh yeah, he's doing the different like poses, and he like he's looking at himself cool in the glass, like in the window, kind of doing some, like I'm a cool guy. Look at this, and just having fun. <laughs> yeah, he starts to enjoy himself. Yeah, he's he starts like, to really get into it. He's letting something loose that he needed to get out. Something yeah, pent up inside of him. 
Meanwhile, like the rest of his life is sort of continuing to fall apart. So like his wife has a lawyer named Jeff who is like they start to have discussions about splitting all splitting the, the estates stuff, and... and it's not going well, like mm-hmm. to the point where like, yeah, they're like, you're going to have to like liquidate your dad's bass guitar because that money like has to get split. And he's like, I'm not selling my dad's bass guitar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's and, like, my dad just died too. Yeah. He's like, yeah, exactly. Like, so literally just died. <laughs> Came at the worst possible time, in the middle mm. of a divorce. He's kind of spiraling into this weird pit of kind of depression, but also like mania with the gun. Yeah, he goes home when, to his. He's, you he's mean living like delusions. Yeah, sort of. Okay. Well, I don't know if there yeah, there are delusions, but it's because he he gets super high. Yes. He gets like crazy high. He gets real he's, high. Jefferson airplanes playing in the background. A notorious mm-hmm. like acid trip song. That's um. Wait, I don't remember this. White song. Rabbit is playing. Yeah. And it's like, when you hear that song, it's like, oh, someone's on an acid trip. It's a classic, <laughs> classic, someone's a little too high kind of song. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's when he, like, starts playing around with the gun. He sees the hallucination of the gun owner. Yeah. Finds more information about it. Wait, did he just, do drugs? I don't remember that. Yeah, yeah. he got crazy high. Yeah, His dad's a hippie. And there's yeah, just, he like, mentions that. Oh, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. That happens before the shooting range. After that, he... Like almost like kills a homeless man outside of his house. He like points the gun at somebody yeah. just like rummaging through trash. Mm-hmm. And during that scene, he like he's gonna do it, but then goes back, but then realizes there's like a reflection, and he's pointing the gun at himself. Yeah, at the shooting range, we should say like he went to go shoot the bullet that said Jeff on J- and it, it and it jams and won't shoot, so he mm-hmm. can't fire that bullet. Um, at the range, at least. Mm-hmm. So he um, still has it. So then he takes the gun to the lawyer's office again, and yeah. it's sitting he, on well, in, like, he, a bag he has, on he the has table. A new, he has a new... He's brimming with confidence now. Mm-hmm. Yes. He, and the gun the, gave the, him the, the gun gave him this mm-hmm. power to, like, stand which, up for himself. <laughs> which is a classic uh, Futurama joke from when they spoof Wizard of Oz. <laughs> and the cowardly lion needs some courage, so the professor gives him a gun. <laughs> he's like, why would you need courage when you could have a gun? <laughs> <laughs> you don't need courage. After all, who needs courage when you have a gun? Yeah, so he's riding high, but the divorce lawyer is still trying to get the best of him. He ends up like, just take anything you want, just leave me the gun. Yeah, well, and he like, starts to freak out, and like gun. they call security, and he's like wrestling with the security guy with the bag, and you're worried that he's gonna like shoot the gun by yeah, accident or pull it out off. at least, and yeah. Yeah, and we're wondering if like the gun is gonna shoot that Jeff. It's like on the table. Yep. In the, in the, and I think in the that's backpack. what he. I thought that's I what he, he was hoping to for. Do that. He might. He, he might was kind of hoping like, to maybe it'll go it. off. Yeah, and then shoot the other Jeff because like it did before when mm-hmm. it was just on the table, um, but it doesn't. And so then, is it like it's it's pretty soon after that he's outside the house, right? Yeah. After he goes, he has that breakdown of the, the mirror reflection thing, and he's yes. immediately just outside of the house, contemplating outside going of his in wife's there house, yeah, and killing well, the his, other Jeff. His wife is cheating on him with a guy named Jeff, mm-hmm. or I don't know if it's cheating, but she, she yeah, fell in love with a guy named Jeff, cheating. right? Yeah, and in his mind, and uh, earlier in the episode when we first meet the wife, she mentioned there's been intruders in the right after she almost shoots him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's like, "Why do you have a gun?" Oh, right. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, and she's now like, "There were this. two home invasions like yeah, just so recently in the gun. area, so yeah. We, yeah, I have a gun now because I live alone." Yeah, so he's sitting outside just staring at the other kind Jeff in the upstairs window and like, yeah. ramp, gonna, like kind of ramping himself up. Kill. He, like, he was straight he's up going to go kill in himself there. or go in there and kill that kill Jeff. Guy. Yeah. It's one yeah. or the other. But he doesn't get to decide that because the home invader breaks open his window, yeah. tussles with him for a while. Mm-hmm. The gun gets flown onto the dashboard. They have a fight. We cut to a wide shot. The gun goes off, shoots the home invader. Yeah. Police come. 
Check his wallet. That guy's name's Jeff. Yeah. The home invader. The classic. The that, was, was meant for him. that felt so Twilight Zone because they're like, check his, uh, they're like, hey, this guy matches the, the description for the home invader. And they're like, check his, <laughs> check his wallet. And he finds the idea and he's like, his last name is like Phillips. And then the Chris O'Dowd's character yeah. is just like, what's his first name? What's his name? first name? His name is Jeff. And they're like, oh, did you know him? And he's like, no. <laughs> that was like super Twilight Zone. Very in a, Twilight in Zone. In a great way. I really liked it. And it really reminded me, and I, f- I feel like I've mentioned this episode before, but original episode uh, called What You Need. And mm. it's about this guy who's like, he's, it starts in a bar and he just has a bunch of items in a box and he just goes up to people and he's like, you need this item. And he's like trying to sell items to people, but they're like random, like a pair of scissors. Hmm. And then like you see that person later on take the scissors and then they get their scarf caught in an elevator door. And so they, but they have the scissors to cut the scarf. So they didn't die. Oh man. But the one guy was like, I'm not buying your crap. And that does happen. And, or no, no, no. The the guy's like pushy. Like, what do I need? What do I need? And he starts mm. like really kind of being pushy with this guy. Like I need it. I need an object too. And the guy ends up giving him a pair of dress shoes. And I don't remember really what happens by the end, but like the guy continues to pester the guy that has the (laughs) objects because he wants to know more about it. Mm. And it turns into a chase. And then the guy who has the dress shoes on, he slips um, in the middle of the street and falls over right as a as a truck like runs him over (laughs) as the other guy's like trying to run away from him. But the point is like the shoes were what that guy needed. Yeah. Which that's is similar cool. to like the bullet. I like that. Sounds like a cool bullet, episode. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a great episode. The bullet that said Jeff was actually for the intruder, not for him. Yes, I have a theory that that bullet's Jeff changed as the episode progressed. Hmm. It could have been him. Yes. It could have. If, yeah. If he would have still been mean to the gun or tried to have sold it, I think the gun would have defended itself, and I think mm-hmm. that's why he, that gun killed the dad. Because the dad mm. tried to get rid of the gun, and the gun wasn't happy about it. And so that's like, oh, others. and like that's the the note is the dad saying that to the gun. The gun got mad mm-hmm. and killed him, maybe. <laughs> but I think there's like a, and we're probably not done with the episode so much. It's but very there's like close. A, there's yeah. a deeper meaning too, where I think like we're also talking about. Let's just let's just end it and get into that because there's oh, just okay. one more. Scene. Yeah, there's okay. one more bit. Sure. So yeah, the wife is so happy that she makes all the concessions that he wants in the divorce. The divorce. And he gets named chair of his anthropology yeah, department. Everything's coming everything's up. Everything's coming Jeff. up, Jeff. Everything's coming up, Jeff. <laughs> exactly. But he throws the gun away into the river. Into the lake. He's like, I don't want this responsibility anymore. Yeah. This gun is too much power, or I just don't want it. I don't even know. Mm-hmm. Two little kids are playing on the shore. The gun washes up. Yep. They yeah. find it and start goofing around with the gun. And then one kid finds a bullet, a bullet. with the name Kyle on it. It's like, hey, this is my name. And mm-hmm. the two kids just goof off with the gun. Jordan Peele's narration ends it. He says, um, tr- we're always like treating things like people, and we're always like valuing things over people. Yeah. So his actual words like made me like, it was like a. I'll big, put them right was, here. It was a big yeah. Lebowski quote. <laughs> He's like, he treats things like better than he treats people, women, man. Like, yeah. Better, yeah, better than women. That's right. That's a Lebowski quote, isn't it? What the heck? Human beings have a funny way of treating things like people. But today, learn that as long as objects are valued more than lives, tragedy will forever be manufactured here in the Twilight Zone. It was a really good closing narration, I thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it made you think, you know? It did. Well, and that how, was, how and they reserved, they reserved the direct message for the episode for that closing monologue, which as opposed wow, to the, a lot of the other episodes where it was much wonderful. more heavy handed during the show. Yeah. 
never once was it really kind of a point being made one way or the other. Our good, our guns bad. Yeah. Our gun's good. And it's I not felt, really, like, brought up into it. I felt it probably weird. shouldn't. Yeah, because I want... In the other episodes, like, I was like, you, you know, it feels heavy-handed, but I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. And then watching this episode, I'm now like, yeah, this is how you do it. This episode was really good. It's so good. It's, it's so good. Shot beautifully, acted beautifully. Yes. Every single line of dialogue, like, served a purpose. Every scene, like, needed to happen to make the next scene happen. Mm-hmm. It was wonderful. It was very yeah. good. So I, I, I definitely hope they kind of take more a direction more like this episode for season two, because I think this episode worked super well. And I feel like it's been a while since we've said that. <laughs> yes. So indicative of the rest of the season, I think this episode was, is definitely a standout. So, yeah, I would say like the top episodes so far have been this one, The Comedian and uh, Nightmare at 3000 Feet. Yeah. Like those are solid episodes. I've come way farther around on Rewind. I like Rewind a lot. Rewind is more great than as I did well. when I first watched it. I think that's mm-hmm. a really good one. But they just posted all of the episodes in black and white. I saw now. that. I saw oh, that. I heard about that. So I, I might go back and I'm rewatch. I'm torn about them, that. But... That's one of those ones where it's sort of like when they released Mad Max Fury Road, the black and chrome edition. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I, I like the idea, but for, for I also really love the colors they use shooting these episodes, mm-hmm. and I don't want to lose that. Like I think like Saint Mad Max is the color grading in that movie is so good yeah. and like that adds so much that i'm George like george miller did want that to be in black and white I, in I, theaters, yeah he did so. yeah so and so i'm also really like i don't know losing something is just i mean you, it just you changes can, the you way you see it right them, yes but it's just but, different mm-hmm. yeah I, I i think i might go through and watch some of them yeah mm-hmm. ones that i'm like top grade like thinking about i'm probably gonna watch at least like my top three yeah just like figure out where the, the order actually lies for me mm-hmm. which one is the best one just to say what I was going to say, yeah. even yeah. though we already, the the ending narration is more or less saying this, mm-hmm. I like I was thinking as I was watching the episode when people say, like, gun, uh, people don't... Uh, what? Guns don't kill people, people, people kill, kill people. people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's like, well, this gun, this gun is a person. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's true. Right? Yeah, that's true. That is sort uh, of the direction they take it. I don't really like that kind of saying that people use because I think it's a cop-out. Yeah. Because, like, the gun is also, like, the object that you're using to kill the person. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's, like, it's it's both. It's both, really. You mm-hmm. can't say it's one or the other. It's it's both. It takes both. Yeah. And I do think the message, well, it, like, obviously so directly applies to guns. It also applies to really anything where someone gets just way too into attaching meaning to an object yeah. or something. Owning um, a thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, uh, I mean, like, the Second Amendment is like the second thing written down in our constitution uh, or in our bill of rights. Mm-hmm. And this was written for a very specific purpose at that time. Like, you know, two or 300 years ago or whatever it was, 200 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, because people didn't have uh, the ability to form a militia against the British government. But now it's like, okay, now, now we have this as a right, but it's like, crossing over into today's time where it doesn't really translate as well as it used to back then right but now it's like it's been written that way so this is how it should be and this is this is what people really fight for but the meaning behind the meaning behind it isn't really there so much right as it used to be talking about correlations i'm just now remembering the comedian's joke involves something to do with the nra and I totally forget what it is, hmm. but I'm wondering now with maybe some oh, yeah. perspective. Yeah, that's with right. This episode, it might make sense. 
That's only I was just no. You're right. Yeah, yeah, I forgot because that was that. his first like his flop joke. Yeah, was talking about that. I wonder if that like foreshadowed anything about this episode hmm. or not. Because at the time it was like this joke is bad, but I was right. like maybe there is a meaning to the joke now that I have like have seen this episode. I could be reaching, but I don't know. Crazy times, guys. Crazy times. So one side is saying, hey, people are killing each other with machine guns. Maybe normal civilians shouldn't have machine guns and only soldiers who are in an active ground war. And then the other side is saying, well, you can't take away machine guns because of the Second Amendment. The Second Amendment. You can't regulate guns because of the Second Amendment. So to be clear, your argument is that guns should have no regulations on them because of the Second Amendment, which literally starts with the words, a well regulated. That's literally how it starts. And the whole amendment has 27 words. And three of them are A, well, and regulated. That's 11.1%, folks. Yeah? I don't know what this guy's thinking. This guy's like, but Samir, 11.1% isn't that much. But imagine you're on a plane, and halfway through your journey, the pilot comes on and he's like, hey, folks, classic good news, bad news, good news. We'll be getting you 89% of the way there. Bad news, that puts us at the bottom of the Atlantic Ocean. Maybe those two pieces together, the episode and that dialogue, to... really kind of states their opinion about guns, I feel like. I'd be curious to go and see it, because like I said, this one really was uh, the, the thinnest episode in terms of references to other, I think, episodes, whether it's from this series or from the broader Twilight Zone at large. Um, or to really to anything, I didn't even catch some of any external references, which they have had a couple in other episodes where they're referencing just pop culture stuff in general. This might be the first one to actually have like a Twilight Zone episode in it. Which yes, I think right you're right. I think it is. Yeah. So, but yeah, I was so, I was very surprised that there was nothing Whipple in this entire episode. That was odd. It was but, very yeah. kind of strange. I was surprised, but not disappointed. It's not like I was like, oh no. I'm like. It was just a strange, it just seemed like a strange omission just after having seen it so many times and knowing, like thinking, oh, I need to look for it because you're expecting it. Now, Brad, you figured out what Whipple is. And we haven't talked about this. Mm. Oh. So we should mention that. Mm. There's an episode of the original Twilight Zone. I have not seen it, so you'll have to explain it to me. But there's a robot or a company that, is, that a robot works for called Whipple. Uh, Andy, where were There's you? A robot or a company? This is the one reason we have you on the show. We would never hang out with you otherwise. <laughs> You're only seasons. here to provide like twenty some episodes a season. You're color commentary. We talked about this. <laughs> no, I mean there's numerous robot episodes, so I don't know which. It's one, one of the last last ones in the in the series. Mm. Okay, maybe you seeing the robot would uh, jog your memory of what, yeah, the, let me, what let me, the Whipple is. Hold on, let me pull that off. Another thing that I Ride the noticed Whipple. they mentioned. His middle name is being Mingus a bunch of times. Yes, they did. I don't know why that is. Because it's a funny name. Is it a <laughs> is it an anagram? Gun, gun sim, Ming- gun sim. I tried to look up any sort of like Twilight Zone that had a Mingus in it, and I couldn't figure that out. Jeff Mingus Stork. Yeah, maybe it is an anagram of something. Maybe that's curious. I'm mean, not curious and... to like punch those in and, and try it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm trying to think. So, like, the 1015 references were, there was three of them that I saw. There's the serial number for the gun, his address, and then, like, the law firm's address were all, like, I thought it was weird that two addresses were both 1015s. I was like, 
Let's, let's reel it in. Let's reel it in a little bit on this one. What's great about this episode, there's a lot of great things about oh, this yeah. episode, but it makes you think about guns in a different way, at least it, I, I did anyway. Like, turning it into a perspective as, like, a person, and if people are, like, so defensive of keeping their guns, is it, would they rather have the thing than, you know, a you know an actual person or an actual life? Like, what would be your willingness to trade something like that away? In order to uh, yeah. save someone else's life. I also think there's an interesting story taking it, everything as, as, as just symbolic where it's like he this anxiety building up in him the entire time and everything's falling apart and he has he's looking for something to give him the confidence he needs and mm-hmm. stuff. And it all builds to a head at this one point where we had this climax where like the gun firing is sort of this cathartic moment almost. Also, the gun doesn't fire at the intruder. It's still facing the wind windshield. If you notice that, mm. it's kind of a weird thing. It's like I didn't that gun. That. Like the gun is like sentiently like turned and yeah. shot and then went back. And Jeff was kind of wanting the gun to kind of work on its own as well. Because he had seen right. it happen before, but like, and then after that is is over, he's sort of just let all this anxiety go that he had, like, mm-hmm. and it's sort of like he had to get to this moment where everything came to a head almost, and then. Do you think he was going to kill himself in the car? I I don't know. Or do you think he was going to no. go in there and? Shoot I, thought the I thought he was going to kill the Jeff. Go shoot them. Mm-hmm. Could, yeah, it's it's fun that we didn't get that answer. Yeah, I think so. I think that, like the fact that something else intervened and it was and great. Kind I don't of think I wanted to see that either. <laughs> I don't want yeah. to see that play out. <laughs> so I looked into it. There's an episode called The Brain Center at Whipple, which is <laughs> I don't remember I remember the episode, I don't remember that name. Okay. But it's more or less about a company where the owner of the company is obsessed with automation and hmm. automating everyone's job so that robots take over wait, the entire thing. Wait a second. Is that happening? This is happening now. It's yeah. happening now, guys. We're in the Twilight Zone. Yeah. Elon Musk it's also is it's, it's also like it's, it's also like Willy Wonka, but with with robots instead of Oompa Loompas. <laughs> we have too many kiosks at grocery stores. Too many jobs are automated. Let's get rid of these ATM things outside <laughs> banks. That's costing somebody a germ. <laughs> but I, I remember it's also kind of like the 1960s version of like automation, where it's like an actual moving robot will do everything. Like a person like robot. A computer that's stationary does everything for you. Yeah. And connects like through wirelessly or Bluetooth. There's some robots building cars that have, you know, funky things going on. There's robots making potato chips, Andy. Yeah. Yeah, oh, that's sad. <laughs> you got those Boston Dynamics robots that'll walk up those stairs and right. they'll walk down again. They got them those again. cheetah leg things. Yeah, crazy, Ugh. creepy legs. But so in that episode specifically, the guy that was um, running the company was so obsessed with automating everything that eventually, like the he started to go crazy a little bit, and he was like firing, laying off people left and right, and so like no one's really actually working anymore at the plant. It was just like robots, and. I think he was like losing his mind and by the end of the episode the robot even took his job over and started <laughs> running the company without him right That's without him there yeah. i like that and now they make mp3 players and now they make <laughs> <laughs> do they still make mp3 players 
I mean, apparently that was from that episode. I thought you could still get a new MP3 player. VHS has just ended like two years ago in Japan. They were still making what? VCRs. <laughs> so, oh my wow. god, I want a brand new VCR. That'd be beautiful. <laughs> I'm sure you can get a, a new MP3 player. I can you bet give me a Zune, please? Yeah. I don't think you can get a Zune. No? You can get a used Zune, and I know those still work, because I have a friend that uses a Zune. <laughs> I still she remember. refuses to give it up. My younger brother was like, I'm getting a Zune because that's going to be way better than the iPod Touch or whatever it was. And I was like, I don't think that's true, man. I don't think that's going to be true at all. <laughs> I was on the iPod Touch game real early. Oh, yeah. It made way more sense. I always had the SanDisk fuse like the little knockoff oh, yeah. ipods because mm-hmm. they were like a quarter of the price and they were they were, just they were good. fine i had yeah one of those that my first it was my first mp3 player it was yeah awesome i use that thing. i use those until i got my my ipod touch and then i was like now i have a computer in my pocket i don't never i'm never going back <laughs> <laughs> all around great episode definitely loved it loved it a lot chris O'Dowd, he's so good love him yep probably my favorite performance so far absolutely really good and that gun was actually it seems like your a, second favorite. Yeah. It seems like a best doing actor. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. 